SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Nixon, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Oliver, and good morning to SAFM listeners. Um, uh, good to be back here. You know, you know, in December, you promised me you're going to bring uh, um, the new Kenyan president to studio for an interview with us. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. Oliver, you, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if the listeners will will buy that, but... Yeah. No, you made that promise. It was, we will ask the security guards here at the SABC. They witnessed it. It was at, <laughs> at the entrance. <laughs> and I said, hey, make it happen. And you yeah, said, I'll make yeah. it happen. Yeah, we can, we can make arrangement. Uh, yeah. Uh, with uh, uh, Dennis Tumbi to get the president to speak to you. Uh, but uh, that have to be outside the public. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to Kenya. A flight, yeah. a flight to Kenya right now is as much as a flight to Cape Town. So, so it's a friendly country after all. It is. I as it is. A, us as a, as a, as a South Africa as a country and Kenya enjoy a cordial relationship. And uh, last year we signed a bilateral in, uh, uh, engagement uh, for Kenyans to come around with visa free for yes. the first six months. But also a trade flow between South Africa and Kenya is quite uh, very good at the moment. And, and this is in the spirit of Af- I, continental African free trade. So, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was telling Kenya and, 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 and Lebo, I was under the impression that you're Kenyan. And they were like, no, he's, he's Congolese. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> so apparently I found out you were born in Congo. I only found that out two days ago. Yeah, well, one of the beauty about uh, knowing uh, the continental history and uh, continental uh, politics and uh, languages is that you get confused um, uh, to be either uh, one of this particular country, born of this. But I always consider myself as a, an African citizen, a child of the country. So an African first, Congolese second. Yeah. That is my my uh, whole idea because the idea of uh, Congo and the idea of South Africa was uh, a creation of uh, uh, the 1984 Berlin Conference uh, by the subdivision of the African continent. Otherwise, we didn't know these borders. But that is uh, mm. in a political realm as well, where we uh, there can be different school of thought on. Uh, who you are first as a South African or you're an African first before a South African or it depends on like which kind of school of thought you subscribe to. Yeah. But um, I view myself as an African first before anything. Let's go to Congo. Um, and perhaps the latest update coming out of the DRC is that there was a protest yesterday. Uh, the police cracked down on it. Mm. Um, and this was a, f- a few hundred people protesting against the East African deployment, uh, Burundi and Kenya, obviously having sent in reinforcement for the Congolese army uh, to be able to fight M23 rebels. Um, the protesters are saying <laughs> that this deployment is not effective. Um, so that's 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 the latest update we have right now as to what happened yesterday. But take us to the beginning. There is civil, we, we'll call it a civil war. Uh, well, the technical uh, term people use is civil unrest between okay. M23 and uh, the government of President Felix. I think uh, it will be doing a disservice to confine this to 
the protest yesterday or the the the, the, the idea that the M23 is fighting uh, in the Congo uh, for the moment of course um uh, uh, there is a long history to yeah. the political violence inside DRC from independence up until today uh, but the more recent one being uh, the one of 1996 uh, uh, post genocide in Rwanda and then the subsequent wars that have happened in DRC and what we see today is so so is just a, a quick pause what's happening in Congo today is a spill over from the Rwandan genocide. Certainly. Okay. Um, and you get it correctly because what happened then uh, after the Rwandan genocide, close to over 200,000, uh, those are the official figures from the UNHCR, but many have said that over than a million uh, people from Rwanda were to 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 go to the DRC after the United Nations uh, asked uh, the then uh, dictator Mobutu Seko to open a humanitarian corridor under the Operation Tirquoise, which yeah. was led by the French, uh, uh, to to allow these people to get into the DRC. But then. The regime in Kigali saw that uh, they, they were facing an existential threat uh, because Habyarimana's uh, uh, forces had been allowed to get into the DRC with their arms and so on, including do, uh, uh, a few of those who committed genocide in the Rahamwas and so on. But that has been sort of a pretext. But behind that, there is an international shifting of po political political dynamics within the context of geopolitics okay, of the region. Before we go on to, to that, maybe let's geographically place DRC in the region mm -hmm. um, and why the spillover of the Rwanda genocide would lead there. Um, DRC shares a border with, with well, Uganda. DRC shares a border with nine neighbors. On the east, there is a northeast and uh, uh, extreme northeast there is Sudan, uh, South Sudan, uh, which was Sudan then. Uh, uh, lower northeast there is uh, and east part there is Uganda, uh, Rwanda, and Burundi, mm. and then Tanzania, on uh, uh, on the southeast, um, and uh, south there is Zambia uh, and Angola. And the west there is a uh, Congo Brazzaville. Mm. Uh, then on the north uh, there is a Central African Republic. So those are the nine neighbors that the Congo have got. But the problem uh, of the Eastern DRC and the country in general have been seems to uh, be at the heart of the Eastern provinces, uh, mm. namely uh, North Kiev province and the South Kiev province. Uh, the addition to that that has been problematic since 1998 is the one of the Ituri province, which borders Uganda as well, but both North Kiev and Ituri borders Uganda. So, so that is geographically. In terms of social composition, the demographic composition that was found in Uganda, there are certain uh, tribes uh, or, or ethnicities uh, that share the borders. Uh, you have a number of uh, Hutus who are Congolese, mm. and you find the Hutus in Rosaide, Rwanda, um, uh, where, in, in fact, in Rwanda, 85 
percent of the populations are Hutus. Okay. Uh, 1% is what they call Twa or Pygmy, and uh, then the 14% are deemed to be the Tutsis. Uh, on the other side of Uganda, you have uh, uh, also uh, similar demographic composition where you have the Bahutu on the other side and the Watutsi, but then the, uh, contextualized, there is where they call them Wafumbira. Uh, that is in the district of Jisoro in uh, western Uganda, uh, district of Ndungamo, and the, the district of Rukunjiri. That is in Uganda. Mm. You go to the district of Kasese, Toroko, and uh, and uh, the district of uh, of Vundivujo, where you have the the Vakonzo in Uganda, and on the other side called the Nandes. Uh, now, uh, approximately uh, the Nanda population in Congo, they about uh, close to six million, according to the current statistics. Whereas the Vakonzo, which have uh, similar dialects, uh, here I'm talking about the Botswana. In 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 Lesotho and uh, Botswana in, in South, in South Africa, Africa yeah. where you have a Botswana two million in in Botswana, which are called as a country or as a nation. Yeah. But uh, here uh, the Botswana, which are close to four million people, five million, which are called as a an ethnicity in South Africa. Yeah. So so those are the kind of a social demographic political cog that bring about political cogmire within sure. the context of the Great Lakes region. Indeed, I'm saying this deliberately so that our listeners can understand because where I'm going is you see that in the social media narrative currently there has been what they call so-called genocide uh, against Tutsis in the Congo. It's a it's a, an orchestr well-orchestrated campaign to make it seem that is, there is a target. So ethnic population. and tribal identities are at the core of what is happening right it now. It has been used at the core of what is happening, but beneath it is a, the geostrategic underlying issues. Right. That so ethnicity is just a tool they're yes, using here. Ethnicity is a tool. Right. To okay. justify certain wars. Okay, so we'll get there, but I want to take a quick break. Yeah. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation with Nixon Katembo. SAFM, let's talk. I'm in conversation with Nixon Katembo, the African Affairs Analyst and Language Specialist at Channels Africa's uh, Kiswahili Desk. So ethnicity is the tool, uh, but there are material reasons beneath that for, for the conflict. Certainly, and uh, one of which is the geo geopolitical economy of the region. Uh, the region is endowed with mineral resources. Yeah. The region is endowed with all sorts of kind of 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 of, uh, of wealth. Minerally, the DRC would be the wealthiest nation on, on uh, the planet? On Earth, yes. Uh, it uh, would be followed by Russia uh, uh, in a way when you look at the quantification of, uh, of resources. But also the DRC is uh, critical to our environment the second largest rainforest, rainforest af after yeah. the Amazon. So if we're talking about climate change, we're looking about the DRC being a savior. And if we don't care about the DRC, then might n we might not as well care about our environment. So uh, the severe uh, flooding we see in KZN or, or in the or, or harsh conditions in the Western Cape might, and might us. But if we cooperate with the DRC, 
we might as well get water from the DRC or even electricity via the Inga Dam. But that aside, I'm, I'm showing uh, say the, the, the importance of, of this uh, particular country to the rest of the continent. Uh, so we, we were talking about the issue of uh, ethnicity being part of the bigger picture of, uh, of the current uh, politi sure. political situation and especially the security situation in the country. So what you see because of the changing uh, dynamics of uh, international politics from the early 90s, Mobutu, who was the president of the, of the DRC, Zaire at the time, was the CIA's pawnsman in the Great Lakes region. Yeah. And when the Berlin Wall fell, uh, the United States and uh, other European powers, including your France and and uh, and the Bri and the Britain, identify new kind of a breed of leaders of what uh, uh, um, uh, Bill Clinton at the time said that is this is the new generation of African leaders who are going to. Uh, uh, kind of bring the, the continent forward. But in Rio says it was a kind of uh, looking at American own uh, strategic uh, interest in the in Great Lakes region and in Africa as large. But then they identified a new crop of leaders in the name of Yoweri Kagutam Seven in Uganda. He started the war in the early 80s against the, the government of, of Uganda and eventually took over power in 1986. And what happened then those who were re Tutsi refugees in Uganda would get into uh, in two government. Ka Kagame, uh, uh, the president of Rwanda, was at one time uh, the uh, uh, deputy head of military intelligence uh, and national security in Uganda. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and so was uh, uh, the likes of the one of the founding father, uh, father of the RPF, Rwandese Patriotic Front, uh, Fred Rujema, who was also at one time a minister of uh, internal security in Uganda. And then uh, through that uh, change of geop geopolitics in within the region, then they get supported uh, by the Ugandan government to go and overthrow uh, the regime of Abirimana, which was also part of a changing um, uh, politics within the Great Lakes region, mm. uh, getting rid of Mobutu, getting rid of, uh, you know, these uh, former... Um, Ally, uh, allies uh, of the U.S. within the, the region. So with that came a different shift around uh, social demographic composition because Rwanda in in itself had has sort of several uh, challenges about the about their demographic composition with um, among the Hutu and the Tutsis. It it dates back to aristocratic uh, uh, nature where the, the Belgium when they came and they told others that you are much superior than, than, right, than right, right. other ones. And uh, this uh, kind of uh, created the social discontent that we saw in Rwanda from the early 50, uh, 50, 50s, which then spill over at, at some point to the DRC. Uh, DRC had the problem, what they call Kanya-Rwanda conflicts, which uh, then was a, a fight between... Uh, Rwandi, uh, Congolese or uh, Congo at the time of a Hutu uh, origin against uh, those who were seen as the Tutsis. Mm. Uh, but that is a long history we can. But to go back to the current uh, uh, situation, you see that uh, RPF then, um, uh, which took over power in Rwanda, used that uh, as a as, as a 
as a political currency after the genocide uh, to then pursue its uh, own national interest uh, within the region and, and uh, or kind of uh, trying to build its hegemonic power because in a in a realism uh, state have their own interest and they have mm. to to pursue those interests aggressively regardless of what and this is what people do not understand uh, when it comes to to, to 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 issues of the great lakes region but of course with that the support of the united states uh, and uh, the uk for example uh, the rwandan army both the rwandan army and the ugandan army have been trained extensively by by the us uh, uh, the UK, m many of the officers are graduates of Sandhats or Castle Avantmo in the United States, including Paul Kagame himself. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, um, and they still continue so. Just, uh, just of recent, uh, Ian. Yeah, it was his son. <laughs> his son, Ian Kagame, who, who finished at Sandhat. <laughs> 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 so we're talking about this more in a, in a lighter note, but yeah. there are deeper, deeper issues. Yeah. Uh, that happen within the politics of the region, uh, and and I'm afraid we cannot we can spend an entire day talking about this. But I'm I'm confining the context. The context does uh, matter. Yeah, the historical I'm, context yeah, does yes, matter. I'm confining myself to the historical context so that yeah, our listener get to grasp of what is happening and why the M23 is behaving in a way that it behaves. So we, I then want mm. us to move on to the birth of m23 mm. which i which stands for march 23 and i mm -hmm. want you to tell me why that date in particular is, is is so significant but we'll do that on the other side of this it's half past 11 kamukhelo teleri standing by with your news headlines kamukhelo uh jacob zuma's trial postponed why conversations that you connect with and react to safm you are listening to The Talking Point. I'm in conversation with Nixon Katembo, who's the African Affairs Analyst and Language Specialist at Channel Africa's Kiswahili Desk. Um, Nixon, so then we then the birth of M23 starts on March 23. Why is it take significant? Now, the birth of the M23, you know, uh, comes after preceding events, and uh, the history of that can can take us an entire day. Uh, but also, yeah, in a nutshell, I said about the refugees getting to DRC, uh, the, the, the those who committed genocide in Rwanda also getting to the DRC, then the Rwandan government supporting the the, 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 the rebellion against Mobutu via uh, the FDL, FDL uh, which was led by Laura Kabila. Laura Kabila actually was was in a way uh, taken from Tanzania to come and lead the rebellion, but everything had, had been set up for him by by uh, by the Americans through uh, the Rwandan allies and the Ugandans. Uh, and uh, then uh, Afdel was formed because Kabila was seen as a, a basic um, uh, political uh, 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 personnel, who, I mean a person who, of currency who can sell the idea of, 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 of liberation to the Congolese people because at the, the time the government was almost non-existent in the D in a DRC yeah. at the time. But then... When that uh, happened, Kabila takes over power in May, 19, May 17, 1997. Uh, he started reorganizing his own uh, government, uh, Marxist as he was. Um, he wanted to pay the World Bank. He wanted to pay the IMF. He wanted to have an independent foreign policy within the Congo and a currency that is equal to the dollar. 
um, uh, one Congolese franc at the time under Kabila was uh, one uh, was equal to one dollar. Wow! And, 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 and you see the the, the 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 politics around the economy of a country being having a strong economy, therefore allowing industrialization and so on. This is something that uh, our Western co co colleague cannot stomach. So. Or immediately after something engineered to say no, you you are not turning to the due tunes of our agreements and uh, going into this rebellion and so on. Kabila then go back to against his former allies, Uganda and Rwanda, and tell them that now it's, uh, you have assisted me to take over power. It's time for you to go. Then on August uh, 1998, a new rebellion is born under the RCD. Uh, led by the likes of uh, many other uh, leaders, including uh, Lunda Bululu, Pierre Ondekane, um, others like the Wamba Diawamba, because it is split in different factions after they could not agree on many basics. Uh, that very same 1998, around 2000, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 1999 or 2000, Uganda and Rwanda fight a battle between uh, them over the control of uh, some uh, diamond mine and, and a gold mine in the eastern DRC, namely in the city of Kisangani. Uh, Rwandan troops lose significant uh, people. Ugandan troops lose significant people. So you have, I'm painting that picture so you that you see, we we get to the birth of the Rio yeah. 23 negotiated settlement from San City 1. The country was almost up to, 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 to be splitted because the rebels were occupying one side and, uh, and uh, the government one side, which then brought in the intervention of Sadek because Kabila has uh, uh, adhered to Sadek mm. and uh, you know close 15 of the Sadek uh, protocol say that if one member is attacked uh, then uh, the rest can intervene but that was on the initiative of former president of Zimbabwe Robert Mugabe who, send, who then sent uh, Zimbabwean troops to Congo uh, and, uh, including Namibia to go and fight uh, as well as the Angolan to find uh, these rebellions that were coming from the east but the negotiations happened first in Lusaka Zambia, then they came to Pretoria, after Pretoria they went to Sun City, back to Pretoria, Pretoria again in Lusaka, and an agreement eventually happened in uh, 2006 with the uh, 1 plus 4 uh, um, uh, framework. In other words, uh, one, vice pre one president and four vice presidents occupying different, but all of these coming from different rebellion. Right. Uh, and there were certain uh, specific agreements that were signed wi with the uh, warring parties, uh, but also the constitution uh, that the DRC have today is a result of that uh, uh, Sun City negotiated settlement. In other words, why I'm, uh, what I mean by this, it does not have a, a grassroots uh, right, uh, right. Uh, constitutional input. Right. Uh, it's not a bottom-up approach. A, it's a not a bottom-up approach. It's a top-down approach. Yeah. And because it's a civil society that got involved, it's the armed group that got involved in the government, then it came up with the framework of the constitution. That is a problematic in itself for the DRC. So after that, uh, the elections happened. Twin, uh, then... Uh, um, uh, the M23 then said that uh, we agreed on this, the integration of, uh, of a former uh, combatant, the CNDP was born immediately after, after in 2007, after the election, yeah. because 
the former rebels of the uh, many group of the rebels under the RCD did not even get 1% in a popular vote. Was this a free and fair election? It was deemed as free and okay. fair. Uh, there, there was this no would have been when, 2000 and 2002? Uh, two, 2006. 2006. Yes. So after the uh, CNDP was born, Lorangunda became Lorangunda. But guess who was supporting them? Rwandan forces. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that discussions happened in Nairobi, it happened in Kampala, it happened in Addis Ababa. Then they agreed that the M23, uh, I mean the CNDP are going to be to be transformed into a political party and they are going to be integrated in, in the Congolese National Army. Then you have some certain Rwandan forces who are elements of uh, uh, Rwandan defense forces being integrated in the DRC Army through the CNDP because of the nature of the agreement that they signed. In uh, March 2009, the same CNDP transformed itself to the M23 because they are saying that the agreements that the government signed with the CNDP did not, uh, was not uh, respected. Hence, the March 23 movement of 2009. Ah. That becomes a problem as well. They Again, they go back to the same thing that, no, we need during the recession of, the, of a combatant with the ranks into the army and so on. They fight until 2012 uh, to uh, sign an agreement and so on. But this time, uh, uh, the Force Intervention Brigade of uh, composed by South African uh, Defense Force, uh, especially uh, air, air support, uh, and the ground support wa was done by the Tanzanian and the Malawian. They defeat the M23 in 2013. How many elections have there been in the DRC since 2006? Well, there have been uh, three elections. This so year's election would be the fourth? This year's elections will be the fourth. I want us to speak about the significance of, of this year's elections. So this year's elections is very significant because what is going on now, the M23 is pushing a war in, in Eastern DRC. Uh, and uh, the international community uh, through the UN group of experts has shown that they have committed atrocity. Uh, Rwanda has been fingered uh, to support the M23. Of course, RDF, some of us have got uh, images and uh, videos of uh, columns of Rwandan special forces getting yeah. inside the DRC. At some point, uh, uh, you know, evacuating their injured as well. Um, um, uh, so, so the uh, uh, charges that Rwanda have denied for over the years, but uh, then you see that culminating into tension between the DRC and Rwanda because now the current president inside the DRC have uh, laid the blame squarely on Rwanda on the current security in, in inside the DRC. But at the same times. He is facing internal challenges when to come to political front because he has not delivered on some of the promises that he uh, he, he 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 said in the manifesto. And, uh, and what I mean, I'm saying this by deliberate because I know in the discussions we might come up with your listeners and the many questioning on on why uh, things are happening in the way they are. Why why the DRC is blaming Rwanda for what is happening is because of those. Uh, uh, security dynamics that have happened over the years since 1996. But it's important to mention that these elections are very important because the previous one, a section of the population did not vote in two, two districts owing to the issue of security. 
Now, the country is facing insecurity in the east. A chunk of uh, Ruchuru uh, uh, territory has been taken over by the M23, although they are saying that they are withdrawing under the Luanda. Is the M23 on the, on, on, on the ballot? No, it's, it, although it has been recognized as a political party, but I, 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 I am yet to understand whether they're on the ballot because uh, the process of uh, uh, voter registration is still uh, going on. Yeah. Can, can we have a listen at this voice note uh, as, we, as, we, as we wrap up uh, this conversation? Hi, Oliver. Love the show. I don't know if Nixon will be able to know some more information, enlighten us when Mugabe sent his troops and the other African states sent their troops to help the RRC. What did they do? Was it all in good, good intentions and they didn't loot minerals in that country? And right now, have they not also annexed some of the mineral resources in that country? Thank you. Can I rephrase that question? Is there anyone who can be a passive actor in Congo right now without wanting to get their hands on the minerals? My response is one. You know, when you see an elephant that is dead, especially for the villagers, everyone will come and want to, piece have, to have a piece of an elephant. That is my simplest way response I can give. The DRC has a problem of uh, institution of framework of the state, uh, a strong institution that can defend the national sovereignty of, of the country and therefore everyone who comes in has become a sort of finding their own interest. Uganda has its own interest. Rwanda has perpetrated in fact, the yeah. entire Rwandan economy is built on the back is of built on the back of the demise of the DRC. And the people, when I say this, people think that I'm joking. <laughs> Rwanda has built a, a gold refinery, while it does not have even gold minerals, gold minerals deposit. deposit in yeah. Rwanda. It has built a coltan refinery. But it doesn't. Uganda, the same have built. But, but at least for Uganda, because Uganda have uh, gold in Karamoja and uh, in the district of Kasanda, uh, now the former Movende district, yeah. which have been subdivided into different districts. So we've run out of time so badly. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I understand. The, the, the conversation is always interesting. So you ask a specific question around the, the importance of the elections just before we, we, we get out of these conversations that... President Chisekedi is facing internal political problem uh, in the DRC by failing to deliver on the promises and the aspiration of the people, namely the security issue, security sector reform, building an army that is responsive to the interests of the nation. But above all, and what I condemn him, uh, as it goes back to the protest, is that in my own view, and this is my personal opinion as an observer of the region, he has kind of uh, uh, what I call um, outsourced the sovereignty of the nation. Because now every other forces have come into the DRC and getting and them out, away. Yeah. getting them out will need a stronger statistician and a stronger political will both on the part of those forces where they come from 
and the political will of the DRC, but above all, yeah. it's upon so the people of the DRC you, you, to liberate themselves from this political kogmaya that they find themselves in. You're going to get us fired. <laughs> We've stolen so much time here. DRC, a country without sovereignty, Nixon Katembo says. It's 45 minutes after 11, 15 minutes before the top of the hour. Time for your book reading, Sitting Pretty, Christy Fanevesta is in.